0: Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we get the inside take from actors, artists, and creators on their work, career, and the things they obsess about. I'm your host, Connie Guillermo. When actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt launched Hit Record a decade ago, the goal was to give people an online place where they could come together and create projects, everything from songs to poems to TV shows. In fact, Hit Record now has two Emmys for TV shows created by Gordon-Levitt and that online community. Fast forward to 2021, and HitRecord has found a new way to bring people together online. It's called Class Projects. It's a subscription based service where you can learn creative skills and get expert feedback by actually working on a project. What can you learn? Everything from voice acting to songwriting to how to draw sci fi scenes. In this episode, Joseph Gordon Levitt explains why he's a big fan of learning by doing. So, I want to ask you about a new project that you've started uh, on your creative platform. I I think that's what it's called hit record, a creative platform, (laughs) but why don't you, why don't you tell people a little bit about what hit record is it's been around, I think you started it back in 2010. So more than a decade ago. So let's just talk about what hit record is and what you're thinking uh, was and is for this platform.
1: Sure. Yeah. So it records a community of people all over the world. They love being creative together. And like you said, it's been it's something I've been doing for so long now many many years and it's taken many forms when it started it was this complete hobby that I was just doing in my spare time for fun and that's when the community started on just this message board that my brother and I were running together and we noticed that um, while some people were coming to the message board to check out little songs and stories and videos and stuff that I was making what a lot of people wanted to do was collaborate and and make things together and this is in the mid-2000s so at that time there it wasn't so common to think of the internet as a place to collaborate uh, on creative things and we just thought that was super cool and uh and new on uh, un- unprecedented on um, not that we alone were the only ones doing it but that this new technology were facilitating a a, a new human behavior that wasn't possible before in other times in history and so we leaned into it, but in a very informal way. Um, and my brother was a uh, software engineer. And so he he started making little features on top of the message board and people started collaborating more. And uh, and it grew and the community was actually a really lovely, positive place. And so in 2010, like you said, uh, we took this kind of hobby community and we launched it as a production company. And the idea was, okay, can, can we um, kind of take this, this communal creative process that's happening, and and do more ambitious creative things with it. Um, and we made all kinds of things together as a this open collaborative production company. We made books and records, and uh, we won an Emmy for a TV show we made. Um, and that has been enormously fulfilling. And I really love the idea of uh, of creativity and that feeling you get when you're making something together with other people, that that can and should be something that a lot of different people can feel, that kind of anybody can feel. And I wanted Hit Record to be inclusive in, in that way. And so we've, we've spent a long time thinking about how could we make this a lot more inclusive? And what we're launching right now is our answer to that. And it's called Class Projects. And it's basically taking what we've been doing for years, um, all that we've learned about, uh, online collaborative creativity and applying that to learning so that somebody who wants to learn a creative skill can come to hit record and, and learn writing or photography or music or acting or all kinds of things.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about the platform for a second. I think the last number I have, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I read it on the internet and you can't believe everything <laughs> you read on the internet. And that's true. 750,000 creative people. And when we talk about- yeah, it's
1: now like double that, yeah.
0: Double that, wow, okay. And when we talk about creative people, it's truly all kinds of people, musicians, poets, writers, photographers. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure I'm forgetting all kinds of people. <laughs> sure. And the idea from that I understand with class projects, is kind of to take that masterclass idea of someone who really knows how to do something super well and share their knowledge by having people, not just watch lectures, if you will, but actually, Make stuff. That well, right? that's
1: a big difference that I think a lot of there is a lot of online learning going on nowadays, which I think is a wonderful trend amongst many dire and <laughs> dismal trends online. There's a really nice trend that um, a lot more and more people are really interested in learning stuff online. Um, and. Uh, Class projects, I think, is different in that it's—they're not just classes; they're class projects. Um, so it's like, for example, I—I taught an acting one, um, and I didn't just sit down and say, "Okay, here's everything I know about acting." It's not academic; it's not abstract; it's a project. And, like the acting one I did is okay, I'm gonna perform a monologue and you're gonna perform a monologue. Here's how I do it. I'm gonna break it down into steps. Let's talk about how I pick the material. Let's talk about how I start to study the material. Let's talk about how I practice and how I eventually perform it. And I actually do it and talk about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it so that. Uh, the person who's taking the class project can do it too. So at the end of each lesson of a class project, there's our contribute flow that we're good at doing and saying like, okay, here, do this. And and that's your work in progress. And when you contribute, you get feedback um, on your work in progress. You get it from a teacher's assistant who's, who's on our staff, and you'll also get it from your fellow students because it's we're, we're very much about doing it together with community. Um, and so, You can't just sit back and watch. If you take a class project, it's all about you actually jumping in and doing something. And I think if you want to learn a creative skill, you're not going to learn it. If you just sit and watch, you're only going to learn it if you actually do it.
0: One of the classes that I saw that you've taught or are teaching is creating a character based on yourself. Right, right. What's the first? What's the first thing you tell people when they need to create a character based on yourself? Because I would imagine most people would say, no, I'm really boring.
1: Well, it's a character based on yourself. It's not um, a character of your exact self. So you can change whatever you want. You can make yourself less boring or more boring or you know, make yourself anything <laughs> you want. Um, the, that class project, the first lesson is called writing as self-reflection. Uh, you're just kind of writing about yourself and we ask various questions like, write down some things you're grateful for, write down some things you regret. Um, and you're just kind of writing about yourself. And then we start picking certain things that catch your attention, like, oh, that's interesting, and, and changing them so that you're now writing uh, not just about yourself, but you're starting to create this other character that's sort of based on yourself, but with some differences. And this is the creative process that I went through when I, when I created the character of Mr. Corman. Um, the this show that's on Apple TV Plus. Uh, and, uh, and this writing class project you're talking about is, is based on that creative process, is me going through and saying, here's, here's basically what I did to create this character as a writer. Now I'll take you through and, and you can create a character based on yourself. And by the end of the three lessons, you've written a whole dialogue scene um, for this character you've created.
0: And well, we should say that Mr. Corman, which is a, is a series on Apple TV Plus, is a teacher. So education obviously has been on your mind for a while.
1: Very true. You, you nailed it.
0: What has led you to, I mean, obviously as a parent myself, I feel education is the single most important thing that you can give to a child and empower them to, to grow up and, and know how to engage with the world in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Um, But what led you on this journey to focus on education?
1: You know, I, I wonder all the time about how I can be somehow a positive contributor to the world. And um, I've grown up and learned skills as a, an actor and as an artist of various kinds. And um, and I think that there is a lot of positivity in art, in telling stories. Um, let's be honest, not all art and stories are the most positive things in the world. And I think, and a lot of entertainment nowadays is not necessarily trying to be positive so much. It's more just entertainment, it's distraction. It's something to turn on to kind of like escape and, and veg out and, and that's cool. I think that's, that's an important part of the human experience as well. Although I think we're probably doing it too much uh, as a culture, we spend probably too much time kind of distracting ourselves and entertaining ourselves and kind of amusing ourselves, as opposed to challenging ourselves to grow and to think hard and to to do the kind of um, the challenging, hard, slow thinking work to really make ourselves happy and fulfilled and and create a better world, et cetera. So um, as much as I love uh, telling stories and, and making art and entertainment, um, teaching really appeals to me. It seems like actually a lot of the same skills, uh, as an artist or storyteller, because you're communicating with an audience of sorts, you know, with whoever you're teaching, your student, um, and, but trying to communicate something more than just, uh, entertainment that will amuse them. You're trying to communicate something that will help them grow or learn or, you know, enrich their lives.
0: Well, I think what's interesting about, uh, everything you said is that you're focus and i'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist here but seems to be on having an element of engagement which today and the past two years has been one where we live in this weird times brought on by this pandemic where there's been a lot of passive consumption of of entertainment information misinformation disinformation and people do have emotional reactions to some of it, and we've seen the outcome of that? Mm-hmm. But there also is a lot of just it's just washing over me, and it's almost kind of led people to disconnect from uh engaging. Yeah, so that engagement part of what you're doing learn by doing mm-hmm. class projects, right? Making stuff mm-hmm. seems to be an anecdote to all of that, and I guess it sounds like it was very intentional on your part.
1: Yeah, I. I do get worried sometimes about how powerful media technology is becoming, and it's only going to get a lot more powerful over the next few decades. And I worry about, um, you know, a vast majority of people kind of just plugging in and blissing out and getting addicted. Um, a lot of the media technology today is designed to be addictive. Uh, and. I I think, you know, we're just, I think, starting to scratch the surface of the harm done by that. You know, Facebook is starting to get some of its comeuppance. Um, You hear some about how Facebook is designed to be addictive, but I think probably not enough. Uh, You know, we're talking about how uh, it can be bad for young people. You know, we have laws against uh, people under 21 going into a casino because gambling is recognized culturally as an addictive vice. We don't yet have laws about all of the addictive products and services that are being marketed to us and especially to kids. Um, I think that's something we, as a generation, we need to work on. Um, But I don't think that digital technology is necessarily uh, negative in this way. I think it can be it could be um built to be incredibly positive and nourishing and and um wonderful it's a question of how we use it and uh and a lot of that is well are we going to be willing to challenge ourselves a bit to dive into experiences that are not the path of least resistance or do we want to just chill
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I mean, all of your points are super interesting. And of course the Facebook files that have been leaked by a a whistleblower who worked Mm -hmm. there speaks to your point about how manipulative Facebook has been in keeping people on the platform by fueling negative emotions, because uh, more people engage when you trigger their negative emotions. At least that's what these, these documents that have just been released over the past two or three months seem to suggest and show Mm -hmm. and it's all in the name of profit right facebook Mm -hmm. is an ad-based service that wants to keep you engaged so they can target more ads and keep you on that platform
1: and i want to say a bit about that actually because this is another reason why and how we designed class projects for hit record is to me that's a business model that's truly ethical where we are offering a service to paying customers. It's a subscription service, Class Projects. The open part of our platform remains free like it's always been and people are continue doing what we've done on HitRecord for years, but um, <clears throat> Class Projects is a subscription service and that money goes to pay the teachers, um, to pay the teacher's assistance, and um, is, I think, a, a, a viable business model that can help our community keep going and growing you know, nicely into the future in a way that's not predatory, that's where, where we're actually, I believe, offering something uh, that customers, if you will, uh, can can actually benefit from and it, if, if they subscribe that they, they really I think we're offering something that some, someone can really grow their creative selves and learn creative skills. And that's something that's genuinely worthwhile spending your time on. Um, as opposed to, like you say, I think a lot of the business models nowadays, and they're very lucrative business models, but they are sort of predatory and, and they're not necessarily going to benefit the users of the service. They're more just benefiting the, the advertisers and, and the advertising business.
0: It's, it's kind of funny because the discussions, at least here in Silicon Valley about Facebook, you're right, they have a business model, but it's run by people who have somehow forgotten the goal of humanity, I think, and that's the comeuppance that we're seeing for social media in general. But it just makes me think of all those James Bond movies where there are all of those guys in lab coats sitting at the terminals and the evil guy is, you know, standing up front laughing and plotting his evil plan. And then those people go home at the end of the day and someone says, you know, their spouse or partner or whoever says, how was your day? Oh, God, this, you know, British secret cert. Or- agent came in and kind of blew up the facility. I got to get a new job. But there's a disconnect <laughs> from what you're doing and what it means and mm-hmm. trying to make that connection. Um,
1: yeah, I I mean, I, I love thinking about stuff like this. I, I don't think there is an evil villain in a lab coat at these Silicon Valley companies. It seems to me, and I haven't you know, met all of the individuals in question, but it seems to me that most of them are, are probably really well-intentioned. Um, but also their their business sort of has gotten away from them and become something that almost nobody really has control over in a way and and uh, I, I think our economy is kind of set up to do this when companies become these big publicly traded entities, the fiduciary responsibility of the executives is to the shareholders and there isn't there's nothing in the law saying you have to do right by humanity. The only thing that the law says is you have to do right by your shareholders to make as much money for them as you can. So you get this sort of, uh, drive to infinite growth, whether or not that's a good thing for, <laughs> for the world.
0: Right. Well, we're seeing the repercussions of a lot of it. And I think the general consensus money aside, because they have been extremely lucrative and profitable is that it has a negative effect on society. And you're right. If you're going after children, you're setting up bad patterns that will only be exacerbated over time.
1: Yeah. So I, you know, hit record is is our small, humble way to try to build an alternative, a an online environment um, that's less driven by the attention economy and the ad model and less sort of preying on people's most base desires and instincts, and instead trying to set up an incentive structure around creativity and community and collaboration and learning um, and, and build a business on that that's ethical and lucrative at the same time, and, and actually providing something positive, where you can come, you can grow as an artist. You know, eventually, perhaps you could even teach your own class project and and come up that way. And and wouldn't that be nice if we could have an ecosystem around art and creativity and media that was uh, set up in this different way? Um, we Will you know remains to be seen if it works. We're we're just just launching it now. You know, um, that's our hope.
0: I'm curious how the past year and a half um, of us all living in lockdown of one kind or another, I mean, it's forced people to be very creative in how they have approached collaborative projects. And probably five years ago, people would have said, no, I never want to make a movie where I'm acting to a screen and someone else is someplace else and the audio person is here and sound, what visual effects. But over the past year, lots of people have come together and the world continues and there have been many creative projects that have come together what do you think about just in the industry that you're in which is hollywood and entertainment how has the pandemic and this online collaboration changed things not just from consumption because i think we've all binge watched everything but from a creation perspective
1: yeah it was almost ironic seeing everybody uh, collaborating remotely in the time of the pandemic because on hit record, that's what we've been doing for years. Um, As, you know, someone from Nebraska is playing bass and someone from the Philippines is playing drums and they're making a song together. You know, this is is how we've been making stuff on hit record for all these years. And so um, when the pandemic first hit, I just started going on hit record every day I mean, like, okay, what I'm going to do is something creative every day to stay positive and productive. And I'm going to do it collaboratively. I'm not not just going to create my own thing. I'm going to collaborate with someone on different things every day. We started kind of documenting my daily experience during the pandemic doing this. And that evolved into a show. Actually, we, we won our second Emmy last year uh, because we made a show called Create Together about people being creative together during the pandemic and and trying to show like, hey, yes, we can. <clears throat> of course, in this time, where we're all alone at home. We could sit back and just binge watch stuff. But what could also be fun is if we don't just watch, if we get up and like make things together and yeah, and uh, so we made all kinds of things together as, you know, the worldwide community of hit record that anybody can come join and made a show sort of about that experience. And um, it was a it was a really for me kind of the the one of the best antidotes for the the anxiety and surprise of, of the time.
0: What's the most unexpected thing that you created over the past year or that you saw someone create on hit record?
1: hmm this is gonna sound very uh (laughs) whatever but like someone um someone posted an excerpt from macbeth the shakespeare play and uh and people were reading it out loud and i was like oh this is cool we've done various little shakespeare things on on hit record over the years um but oftentimes it's been like me starting it because i'm nerdy like that so it was really cool to see just someone out in the community not prompted by me or anyone on our staff was like hey let's try this i was like oh cool i'll try that and um you know i did my reading of it and then and then listening to other people that that's the surprising thing is it's really fun to see how different people approach a one creative challenge um and uh so yeah i i i I guess you could say I binged it. It wasn't five hours long, but I sat there and just listened <laughs> to like all these different people doing their, their little Macbeth monologues. And and then I got to do mine. It was, it, it's always a fun to me. That's like, that's a half hour well spent that if I, I was looking at my phone for a half hour. And to be honest, if I look at, you know, Instagram or Twitter for a half hour, I usually come out of that half hour feeling worse (laughs) than i than i felt when i started you and
0: everyone else yeah yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right
1: well that's yeah because it keeps your attention but um but spending a half hour like that i every time i i put in the the work to spend a half hour on hit record and i say work and i don't mean it as a bad word you know we're all so scared of like work we want things to be frictionless and easy and the path of least resistance but if you want to feel good sometimes that takes a little bit more work um you know yeah that you can you could also just be a junkie and and get instant gratification but we we all know where that leads whereas if you can just like uh, get over the hump to put in a little bit of effort you'll usually be rewarded for that and i always find it even though i've done it a million times i always find it just like kind of ah that's nice like uh, that's
0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Feels good. The name of this podcast is I'm So Obsessed. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt, what are you obsessed with?
1: Lately, um, I've been uh, listening to a podcast um, called 80,000 Hours. This is an organization, they're, they're friends of mine. So, you know, full disclosure, but they're They're just such good hearted um, and smart people who are applying their minds to trying to make the world better um, in really rational ways in ways that aren't just like kind of about singing like kumbaya and and saying like yeah let's all feel good about ourselves, but really trying to look at um, at the world in in evidence based rational ways and and figure out how. How we can make it better and how we can avoid doom <laughs> um, and and hearing very smart people speak very rationally about how to actually solve big problems. I guess I find that sort of soothing and inspiring. Um, the 80,000 Hours podcast definitely recommend it.
0: You know, uh, you've been engaged in the online world for a long time. You use a lot of technology. I, I like to ask people, you know, what their favorite piece of tech is. and. Since you've used tech for a long time, what is your favorite piece of tech and is it something different than used to be your favorite piece of tech?
1: Um, I was just reading a book that I love, that I've read many times. I was rereading a a part uh, called um, Amusing Ourselves to Death. I know it sounds dark. Uh, It's called by Neil Postman. And it's a really smart book about media technology and how that impacts kind of how we think and how we communicate is the, the technology that we use to do so. Because I think we often think about, oh, well, the, the is that's just neutral. Um, that's just the pipe, but my communication is traveling through the pipe and that's the unique part. So I was just reading about um, different media technologies and he, he in, in Amusing Ourselves to Death, the, the writer, Neil Postman, he talks a lot about the written word, which is a technology we don't think of it that way we think of technology as something that's you know on a computer or something but it's perhaps the greatest invention ever in the history of the human species is the written word that and and by the way it takes a lot of work to use it right you have to spend years of your life learning how to read and write can you imagine like a startup nowadays with a new technology saying well users of the technology will require years of their life to to learn how to use our product, but once they do it's brilliant um but I I don't think it's any coincidence that you put all that work into it and it's the most rewarding technology it's still the greatest thing the written word that you can that you can get inside the mind of anybody from the last many thousands of years and see what they were thinking or hear a story that they want to tell you or understand a um, an argument that they want to make to you uh, that that is the greatest the greatest technology ever and um yeah so it's still my favorite
0: (laughs) i'm not not gonna i'm not gonna discount that because language is what you're talking about written word is Mm -hmm. as a language obviously i feel the same way about music as a Mm non-musician but i'm i'm being talked to by someone from hundreds of years ago yep who was able to write down their thoughts on these scales and it transcends time so so uh, if you could have any technology invented for you what would it be
1: let's see my mind goes to jaron lanier who's one of my favorite thinkers alive today and um and is also a good friend who i love um i feel lucky to have gotten to know him but he's sort of uh he started the first virtual reality company back in the uh, 80s i guess it was um and has been a a leader in in thinking about what that he is is the
0: father of vr yes sure (laughs) um
1: and talking to him about what it what VR can be um, is a bit different than where a lot of VR conversations go nowadays. Uh, Again, I think because nowadays uh, VR is often sort of mapped onto the way that uh, the internet makes money nowadays. And when I hear about like a Facebook metaverse, frankly, I get very concerned because if our metaverse is monetized through advertising the way that the Facebook social network is monetized through advertising. I think we're in for a very um, perverse and misanthropic uh, metaverse. um, Because uh, human interaction shouldn't always be mediated by advertisers who are trying to manipulate those humans.
0: own the pipes people who own the pipes yeah Yeah.
1: exactly so but um if you if you leave aside some of these contemporary conversations about how to leverage vr to best um make money through advertising and prey on people's most (laughs) base instincts um jaron jaron talks about vr as the as the potential for the greatest form of of human creativity and and collaboration that if people he talks about uh, sort of the the, a combination of coding and music and improvisation and you know whether it's jazz or whatever kind of improvised music or creativity you like where people can uh, can just create worlds and objects and things together kind of just out of out of their minds and um, I I look forward to that. I think it'll probably, you know, it's it's coming more and more there. You see it happening bit by bit and it'll probably start coming faster and faster, but that friction will come down and down and down and down. And, and ideally that friction coming down uh, won't just make it easier for people to consume more ads, but if that friction coming down can make it easier for people to really connect with each other and, and make things together and inspire each other and build off each other, then we could, make some incredible stuff.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Good luck with class projects on HitRecord. Looking forward to seeing what the next Emmy award-winning project that comes (laughs) out of it is.
1: Thanks so much, Connie. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, for talking with me. And thank you all for listening. We hope you'll take a moment to subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. But first, we're taking a long overdue break. And we'll be back with a new episode on January 12th. Until then, be safe.